We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective, as you know by now. I am Brooke Says, your host, um, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can see on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. That's Brooke with an E. I am here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council and currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. His articles are on both my website and americaoutloud.com. So you know the deal from Hot Topics to History. You can be sure if it's happening in America and there is a lot happening. I will be talking about it. You can also listen to archived podcasts of this show on my website. I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is on every Wednesday at 5 a.m., both on this station. I'm also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podomatic, so you can check out the uh, podcast there. So let's get to the jelly. Our first guest is Dr. David Samadhi. He's a world-renowned urologist and frontrunner in prostate cancer treatment and robotic-assisted laparoscopic prostatectomy, or RALP. It's a type of surgery commonly used to treat men with prostate cancer. He specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, and other urologic diseases. Dr. Samadhi currently serves as the Director of Men's Health at St. Francis Hospital in Roslyn, New York. And you, of course, have seen him on Fox News as a contributor and as a medical A-team's chief medical correspondent. Uh, I wanted, you know, seven months into the coronavirus, I wanted to have him on the show to take a sort of where are we now deep dive into the Wuhan CCP virus, which is what it is. As President Trump said during the debate, the treatment cannot be worse than the disease itself, which is basically where we are uh, seven months in. You can find him on social media. He has great posts on Twitter. Also, he's on Facebook and he has a new website, which we'll be talking about, samadimd.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Dr. Samadhi. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. appreciate it. Absolutely. So before we begin, I want to play this clip, uh, which to me, you know, summarizes everything about uh, Dr. Fauci. I personally think he ought to be tried for treason. This is my personal, you know, opinion for what he's done to the country and the world with his laissez-faire and changing attitude all the time. Tucker Carlson made an excellent compilation uh, about a back-to-back between Biden and Cruella, who I call Kamala, and their claims against Trump. Now, this is Fausti, uh, Fauci changing his mind on everything. So here's a clip, and then we'll get into it. Last night at the presidential debate, Donald Trump publicly cast some doubt on the doctrinal proclamations of Bishop Anthony Fauci. It was a shocking moment. Obviously, Anthony Fauci is infallible. Here's what the president said. President Trump, this week you called Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's best-known infectious disease expert, quote, a disaster. You described him and other medical experts as, quote, idiots. If you're not listening to them, who are you listening to? Let, let me, fight this? I'm listening to all of them, including Anthony. I get along very well with Anthony. But he did say, don't wear masks. He did say, as you know, this is not going to be a problem. Listen to your clergy. 
Well, this really is becoming a theocracy, isn't it? It's unbelievable. But Donald Trump is not the only apostate. <laughs> the Democratic ticket we can reveal tonight, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, have also doubted Tony Fauci. In fact, they've mocked him behind his back. Of course, they've done it secretly, as apostates always do. But we have studied the evidence. We've looked through hours of tape. And we can prove that they don't really respect Father Fauci. Watch. His flip-flopping on social distancing and wearing masks. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States, and this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. He praised the transparency of the Chinese government. He said, quote, China has been working hard to contain the coronavirus. China uh, has been known to fiddle with their stats before. Do you trust what they are telling us about this illness? From what I can see right now, they really are being much, much more transparent. He's been totally irresponsible the way in which he has handled the, the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encourage them not to. If you're swiping on a dating app like Tinder or Bumble or Grindr and you match with someone and you just kind of like, maybe it's fine if this one stranger comes over. What do you say to that person? If you want to go a little bit more intimate, well, then that's your choice regarding a risk. Now, we're not theologians, but if you watch carefully, you might have noticed there was some distance between what Biden and Harris said and the Faucian creed as articulated by Father Fauci. What do we make of this? Can you doubt him? Is that allowed? Now, that's obviously a very snarky representation that Tucker is doing there, Dr. Samadhi, but it kind of shows, in my opinion, you know, he has gone back and forth in every possible way on what we're supposed to do, wear masks, no masks, distance, but you can have sex with some random stranger from Grindr. You know, I've been very skeptical about some of the reporting. What do you think about it? Well, I think from the president's standpoint, he needs to count on the experts, and the experts in the field were um, Dr. Fauci, uh, Radcliffe from CDC and the FDA. He hires these people to give them the data, just like, for example, if you have some national security, you need the information from Pompeo, from all the generals. And the data that they give him, at the end, he will make a decision as to what to do. And when you have all this flip-flop uh, information, it makes it very, very difficult for him. But I think that given the uh, unknown and invisible virus, as we called it, invisible enemy at the beginning, to fast-forward seven months, eight months later, even though we lost about 200,000, Mind you, about 50,000, 60,000 would have died from pneumonia, from flu, from other issues. And a lot of this was also a mistake that was made in the nursing home. Yes. Half of these people could have been saved if we would have played it right. And unfortunately, this disease is being completely politicized. If the virus is made by Trump, I'm not going to get it. And when you send a message like this from leaders, like, uh, you know, they're, they're Whitmer. President, Vice President Biden and, and others, you know, you're really politicizing and, and you don't give confidence to people, even if they want to get the vaccine. President Trump doesn't make the vaccine. It's companies like Pfizer. They put $1.5 billion in this industry and they're not going to like just give something that's going to kill people. It doesn't make much of a sense. So if this virus would have come in 2000 and 
19, 18, or during Obama's period, I don't think we would have lost so many people because, unfortunately, this is like totally politicized. Look at what we've done in the last seven, eight months. We have a lot of medical treatments. We have major therapeutic uh, drugs that we didn't have. People are, are not dying as many. There's much less, even though the numbers are going up. And I don't want people to panic when they see uh, a lot of mainstream media by saying, like, oh, my God, look at the numbers are all the way up. Look at the hospitalization, but at the end, look at the number of deaths, and that's the, really the key. So I think the president was able to bring in the private and the public sector, bring in the ventilators and PPEs, and in a rapid pace, put all these drugs during the clinical trials, bring in the warp uh, 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 program to develop the vaccines. We've come a lot, and we've come a long way, and at the end, it's to save American lives. Yes, and I, I, I know, you know, I agree with your, your what you said about Fauci and everything. And obviously, those are the people that are already in the bureaucracy. So even if, you know, even if he had wanted to hire you, they were already there. But it, the, and you and you totally agree about the fact about it being politicized. And that's one of the things that I want to say, because like very early on, all of the Democrats were mocking Trump for both saying it was the China virus, where it came from China, right? So I'm an Irish, you know, American. If it came from Belfast, Ireland, it would be called the Belfast virus. So it came from China. That's what he said. But then all of the Democrats said, no, stay around, go to Chinatown, come here, come for the parade, come for, you know, uh, New Orleans, come for this. And then once they determined that they could use it for a political weapon, they completely changed. And that's what I mean about the flip-flopping, as you said. But... I also, yeah, but I also have to question though, because like in Florida, I I question the numbers personally. In, I live in Florida. So in Florida, we had a case of a motorcycle accident fatality and a man who fell off a ladder. They were classified as dying from coronavirus because they had coronavirus. That's not a coronavirus death. That's a motorcycle and a ladder death. And even people who have not been tested, but they went in line and signed up to get tested, have gotten announcements that they've tested positive. So in my opinion, I think there's a lot of dubious information because it's politicized and because the media, which I you know, believe Trump is completely right to say it's the enemy of the people, they want to use it for weapon to weaponize against him. Um, you're right. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who died with it and not from it, and they're all listed in the same numbers, and those numbers are escalated. There's no third party to look at this. And also a lot of these patients are died, they died in um, academic institutions where you know residents and fellows were completely overwhelmed, and they may have put a diagnosis and run. Uh, so, so you're right, it's a mixed bag. But the bottom line is, um, you know, we need to get through this. And I think that you know, they all talk about the fact that they want to shut down the country they want to make a mask mandatory. And it's always easier to look back and say, oh, you know, we should have and we could have. Right. This is a real deal. This is like you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden they're saying the virus is coming. By the way, it was close to the rest of China, but it was open to the rest of the world. So what kind of virus are we talking about? How contagious is it? How many people are going to get contaminated? How many people, the experts, you know, he's asking these questions. How many people you think they're going to die. And they were talking about two and a half million people. Do you remember the models that were coming yeah. from Oxford and other places that they were counting on? So he had to basically like make a lot of executive decisions. And I think we were very, very fortunate that we had a businessman on top of the ticket that was making these decisions and saved America. Otherwise, you know, the slow pace of the politicians 
playing with this kind of stuff, it would have been devastating and we would have had no country left. Yes, the economy is coming back. Slowly, we're opening up the economy. And the mistake that was made was you need to quarantine the, the vulnerable and sick people, people who are, um, you know, comorbidities, diabetes, blood pressure, cardiac disease, and let the healthy people go out, protect themselves, be responsible, but open up the economy so we can, you know, as I said, we need to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time. And, uh, you know, this mandatory mask in highways, behind your car, you know, mandating, you know, there are some, like, for example, like we see people like in in, uh, Vietnam, they have like no coronavirus, they were able to beat this. So it is possible to beat this virus, but hiding at home with air conditioning and getting the virus from each other is not the answer. And it's a huge mistake. And I'm glad that there are new doctors like Dr. Atlas that are part of the team I think he has a very difficult job because he's coming in with a lot of politics and everything. And But he's doing a good job, and I hope he will succeed. Yes, and I totally agree. I was going to mention that. Like, so it's, you know, it's doctors like yourself. I follow you on Twitter, and you have great, you have great stuff on Twitter. You know, Dr. Atlas, you had the frontline doctors who they, they were removed from Twitter. You had those two doctors in California who basically said, we didn't need to continue this crazy shutdown. You know, but... What Trump said, one of the things that Trump mentioned in the debate, which is so important, and you you have a tweet, and, and I'll get into what he said, but you have a tweet today that, in my opinion, encapsulates basically what's going on here. You said, last year in the 40th week of the year, there were 1,251 cases of the flu. This year, in the same week of the year, there were only 61 reported cases of the flu. This is from the CDC. Draw your own conclusions. And obviously, that's related to, you know, and he talked about it. It's like many health issues that are not going to be reported or their people are not going to go to the doctor because they don't want to quarantine. This was another tweet that you had. They don't want to quarantine for two weeks and then they might end up getting sick and dying because they don't get their they don't get checked because the instantaneous result is to go in quarantine and be shuttered at home you know that's that's absolutely right and i think we're going to have a very low flu season a lot of people are getting the vaccine and a lot of, a lot of it is going to be listed as covid and, and because of the similar symptoms but i think once we turn this uh, political election once we get the vaccine by the end of the year and the distribution will be very very fast but what China did to this country is completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And the lesson that's learned is really to become independent. It's unacceptable, and it's a national security issue to have our antibiotics and our medications being made in those countries. We need to learn how to build our own ventilators, our own hospitals, our own medications. At the end of the day, this is America, United States of America, one of the best countries in the world. And we are fighting against the mainstream media. My Twitter account was shut down twice. Mm. Once because I wrote the, the letter HCQ. Right. And I mentioned the word hydroxychloroquine, which is like, like a, I don't understand the sensitivity toward this. And the other time was because I mentioned another medical uh, issue that they didn't like. So for twice, I was one of the very, very few, nothing to be proud of, but I was one of the very first doctors in this country that was like, like got censored and people couldn't believe it. But this is what's happening in this country. You don't have freedom of speech. Your First Amendment is in danger. They can do whatever the hell they want. And if you look at my tweets in the last month since the last shutdown, it's very soft. I'm very careful about what I say because they can do whatever the hell they want. And this is the first issue uh, one of the first issues that President Trump needs to go after after he gets reelected. This is unacceptable, so, and then it needs to stop.
I totally agree. And and on that note, you know, as we as we close up on um, with regard to the election, you're an Iranian immigrant who left there after the revolution in 1979. What do you think about how easily so many, you know, Americans who were born here and live in the lap of luxury and comfort are just so willing to give away their freedoms to basically live like where you escaped from, which is they don't understand they're going to live under like a regime like the mullahs. Well, I think that uh, let me just tell you that I truly believe in this country. I think yeah. this is the best country in the world. And I think that Americans, a lot of them are, I don't want to use the word I have in my mind. So let me just say they're very naive. They have no clue how good they have it. They don't appreciate what they have. And all this being, you know, fair and, and, uh, racial justice and America is not racist. There could be some people that may be racist, but overall, we've had an African American president. This country gives opportunity to anybody that is willing to work hard, roll up the sleeve, pay your taxes, and and become something. And I've seen this over and over again. When you start like being inappreciative and you don't understand what's going on, and you want socialized medicine, mask mandate, regulations, take uh, the wealth and give it to the poor. You're basically creating another, you know, communist, you know, Venezuela and Russia and Cuba and all these other countries where you have to wait in line for a piece of bread for like three hours. Or if you want to fill up the tank of your car, you have to wait like the whole afternoon. This is not what America is about. This is not what we're about. This country is blessed. We need to continue to keep it like that. And unfortunately, the new generation, they just want freebies. Just hand it to me, and, and they, they want handouts. Handouts doesn't work over here. When you start talking about handouts, then the government is involved. When the government is involved and you depend on them, on your health care, on your food, on your food stamp, on your uh, everything else, then you have like a dependent. It's an addiction. They own you, and they do whatever you want. That's not what America is about. I was born in Iran. Beautiful, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Revolution happened. It changed and your freedom and everything. And I feel so sorry for people who live there. They have nothing. <laughs> a wealthy, beautiful country, just like U.S. That's what it was. Beautiful life turned wonderful into people. a mess. Poverty, prostitution. <laughs> they're all poor. They have like nothing to look forward the next day. I came here and I'm the very tough road, eight and a half years away from my family. But I'm a... Thank God, prominent doctor. I saved so many lives from prostate cancer. I've been a contributor on TV and give you a lot of great information. And I'll continue to fight for this country. Well, I tell you, we couldn't leave on a better, more awesome note than that. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. That is a great testimony for you in America and for the for what this country should be. And we need to save it. Uh, I want to check out Dr. Samadhi on Facebook and Twitter. As I said, he has great posts on Twitter. And again, on his new website, SamadhiMD.com. S-A-M-A-D-I-M-D.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Samadhi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a great day. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up.
Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. We're on Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer in Tampa. My next guest is Rogan O'Handley, also known as the infamous DC Drano, which I have to say I love that handle. I do hope that you have lots of sanitizer and a hazmat suit because the swamp is very dirty. Just saying. Uh, Rogan is a former Hollywood entertainment lawyer and now posts patriotic memes and conservative commentary on his Instagram, which is massive. Uh, He focuses on battling corruption within our government, defending the Constitution, unifying our nation, advocating for civil rights and restoring the American dream. He was president of his student government at Northeastern University, where he studied political science and criminal justice. You can find him on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just look for D.C. Drano. There's much more, but I want to get it directly from him. So, Rogan, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. I am excited to be here, Brooke. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And, you know, you're a ginger like me, so this is a redhead power show today. That's right. Uh, I, I've got the real ginger beard going for Okay. Me, so. And, you know, there's only there are only 70 million or 1% of the world's populations are redhead. And you know why? Why is that? Because they couldn't handle any more of the fire. God didn't want us to take over the planet. (laughs) He kept our numbers minimal. That's right. Okay, so the first question as we get started, especially from my introduction, which is that you are a former Hollyweird, as I call it, entertainment lawyer, is how did you go from working in Babylon to working with Uh the deplorables to save America? Well, I've always been a deplorable, and, you know, I, I actually had a lot of uh, sympathy or, 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 you know, really appreciate the Tea Party movement back okay. in the day. And I think that President Trump has reignited that movement yep. and, and you know, polished it and expanded it to tens of millions more people. And, you know, what it comes down to is people that love America, her freedoms and the Constitution that, that keeps it that way. And so I, I, I've always been like that. Uh, you know, I just wasn't necessarily very involved. But as I uh, was practicing law in Hollywood, you know, what some would consider living a dream, I realized I was living someone else's dream and that this place wasn't for me. And, you know, the Hollywood industry has has changed for the worse, just like, uh, you know, the expression, get woke, go broke. (laughs) Right. Uh, it, it, It happens to, you know, sports teams that get too heavy into the social justice. And it certainly has happened with Hollywood where people have just stopped going to movies or even, you know, canceling their Netflix or watching TV because they simply don't want to be lectured to about, you know, radical left propaganda. Yeah. Especially when you're paid to entertain us, right? It's like, I don't want to be lect. I, the reason I go and I spend my money, which I don't actually sponsor, I don't pay for Hollywood anymore myself. But the reason we do that, whether it's sports, whether it's movies and everything, is to get away from all that other stuff. So don't put it in front of us all the time. Exactly. And, you know, we're not dumb. We can see what's going on very clearly when they inject their, you know, radical leftist ideology into you know, what could have been a good movie or a TV show. But when everything has to be, you know, some kind of uh, social justice bingo card character <laughs> with, you know, three or four of their favorite buzzword, uh, you know, traits, instead of just picking the best actor or the best story or, you know, something that 
most Americans want to watch. And, and you look at the success of a show like Roseanne before they fired her. Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. So good. There's a massive mm-hmm. market opportunity for Hollywood to just make normal mainstream American content. And they're, they're frankly, they're missing out on tens of millions of dollars in revenue. And in fact, they're losing money on, on, on the flip side of it. So uh, it, it, it's, it's something that I hope to influence from the outside. I, I couldn't couldn't live there anymore. Right. Well, and it, the irony is that it's, uh, you know, they are they, they're not interested in actually doing that. They're lo- they're willing to lose money so that they can propagandize and put their put their agenda in. You know, it's happened with that movie. It's happened with the movies where it's like a, an all male movie, but they make to all female that bombs out. All of these SJWs, yes, yes. All of these SJW movies end up getting bombing because people don't want it. It's like just yeah. if you want to find your own stuff, you want to you want to make your own movie, but you don't have to take something that was great and remake it. And I'm a female. I mean, I'm not like really wanting to go and see Ghostbusters just because it's a bunch of women. Make something good on your own. Exactly. I don't want to go to a movie and say, you know what, we really need to see more men. Uh, you know, giving birth to children. Why is oh only women doing right? that? Yes. Or, uh, you know, we need more kids switching their genders. Why? It, 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 it's just crazy. And and there's no market appetite for this. This is just their ideology, their, their cultural Marxist ideology uh, that they're trying to inject everywhere they can. You know, they call themselves the resistance. But last I checked, if you have Hollywood, big tech, you know, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, every major media organization all on your side. You're not the resistance. You're the oppressor. Oh, and it's so true. It's like Milo used to I know, you know, Milo Milo used to say conservatism is a new punk. And that is so true. Like back in the 60s, all the hippies would be like, oh, we don't want them. We don't agree with the man. You guys are selling out to the man. They are the man. Of course, you can't call it man now. You have to call it some kind of the 57 genders. But they are effectively the old scolds that are scolding the rest of us like the school marms. And we're the new rebels. It's it's kind of ironic. Yeah, it's 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 completely flip flop. <laughs> yes. I think back in the 80s and 90s, you had the, you know, kind of evangelical yes. uh, culture enforcers. Hey, don't say bad words. Hey, don't do this. And and then the left, you know, said, oh, we want free speech. We want more, you know, liberation. And it's just completely flip flopped where their ideology. So, so they denounce Christianity. Uh, you know, they won't denounce Islam, of course, No, but they, they denounce organized religion. And yet all they're doing is replacing it with their own form of religion, which is, you know, socialism and, and, and radical left ideology. And if you dare speak out of line against any of their core tenets, you're excommunicated almost instantly. Just ask any of the millions of people who have left the Democrat Party because they dared to disagree with one of their, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, give eight-year-old, you know, uh, uh, transformative hormone treatment that we don't even know what the effects will be 10, 20 years from now. And, oh, how dare you? How dare you? You know, so uh, a lot of of people are are waking up and, uh, you know, walking away and, and joining the good guys. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that, I mean, it was happening before, you know, you had Breitbart, obviously, who we missed terribly. He was, you know, way before his time on all of this stuff as far as new media and warring. You know, I call it warring like on Twitter and stuff. But Trump is really 
the catalyst for the new the new right, the new Republican Party, because he is such you know, I call him a gangster. I mean, the left would probably go crazy and say, oh, yes, he was with the mob or something like that. I just mean he's like a troll. He's funny, snarking. You know, he's willing to fight. And it's like thanks to him and what he calls his like, you know, uh, keyboard warriors. We now our side is the funny ones. We're snarky. We're great on Twitter. You know, even the left acknowledges that they can't meme because they're not funny anymore. And the reality is that we have finally woken up the Republicans or, you know, conservatives, however you want to say. We're in a guerrilla war for the country and our side is finally fixed with bayonets instead of butter knives. Right. And that's people like you, you know, others, social media influencers, people that are not afraid. Like, you know, my one of my favorites is Candace Owens. I mean, she doesn't care. She just goes and says it. She gets all the heat and she loves it. I mean, Trump is the same way. It's like that is so that is so important because it's culture. And we finally mm-hmm. have woken up to the fact that it's culture, culture, culture. And that's what I talk about yeah. all the time on this show is like we have to be in the culture war. Yes, ab- absolutely. We need, as Rush Limbaugh says, we need happy warriors, people yes. who, who enjoy the fight, who aren't going to back down. And you're absolutely right. The, the culture uh, you know, of America has not only shifted, but especially the culture of the Republican Party. And I, I forget, I, I believe it was a, a founding father or someone from a long time ago that said, you know, basically the, the American people are, are slow to react, but once they decide on something, they're unstoppable. Right. And that's what I think we're, we're seeing right now. And, and yeah, the difference between 2016 and 2020, you know, I post a lot of memes on Instagram and, and Facebook and uh, there's this one meme in particular where it says, you know, it, shows, it says me in 2016 versus me in 2020. And in 2016, it shows someone like kind of shy, you know, maybe <laughs> putting on a MAGA hat, but looking around, making sure there's no one around. Right. And then the one in 2020 is with a MAGA hat and like full battle gear and a gun, yeah. you know, like, like let's go. We're, we're, we're not, uh, you know, we're not, we're not backing down to, you know, what is blatantly, a socialist slash communist uprising and, and attempted takeover. Uh, that's, that's the reality of the situation. They, they hate America, whatever's driving this, right. Whatever's driving this leftist, uh, uh, you know, insurrection, be it China, be it, you know, other, uh, shadowy financiers, you know, um, it's, it's, or, or, you know, even Obama, um, whatever it is, it hates America. It wants to open the borders. It wants to get rid of police. It wants to rip up the Constitution. It wants to censor free speech. It wants to empty the jails of the real criminals and put people trying to open their business into the jails. And it wants to take control of, of, of your kids. It wants to destroy the nuclear family. It wants riots, looting, oppression. I mean, who in their right mind could vote for this? What, what hope? What prosperity? comes out of this. And I'm in LA right now visiting for the first time in three years since I left because I was out here filming some stuff with PragerU. And it's far worse than you would ever imagine. It smells like urine Mm -hmm. everywhere. And I'm right by the ocean. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, uh, we had, uh, speaking of Turning Point, we um, are, you were filming for Prager, but you were, I know you're a member of the Turning Point team, right? 
Yes, yeah. yes, I work very closely with them. Well, we were at the um, the Con- Salem Conservative Summit last night and um, with Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder, and Charlie Kirk, and he gave some rather disturbing statistics about the amount of you know students that like it's like fifty seven percent of the students have a favorable favorable view of communism, and they would prefer you know so. And they would, and they end up with all of these massive student loans with these debts that, that, that these degrees that they can't use, no jobs and everything like that. By the way, and this was Obama's fault because he federalized the student loans. That was part of the mission, I believe, is eventually to come back and say, Oh, we're going to save you vote for us. Right. But how do you save a country? You know, when you have that situation, you have 57% of young people who don't know anything about the country that it's good and they would prefer to live under communism. But I want to say like, one of the things that I have what I, that I talk about a lot is like black culture and Candace obviously talks about this. And one of you know what's happening now is very interesting. And I know that you're up on it as well, I'm sure, is like this Ice Cube, 50 Cent. And I don't know if you know, is that Waka Flocka came out and actually came out in support of Trump, too. These are major. That. I know. Right. These are major mm-hmm. cultural milestones. It's like an earthquake in the culture to have this happen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I just saw a poll today before the show about Michigan and how Trump is pulling away in Michigan. Uh, You know, listen, I I, I put only so much faith in the polls. I I prefer votes uh, more more than polls, but it seems to be that he's pulling away. You know, we're seeing Trump has majority, overwhelmingly majority Hispanic support in Florida. Right. And, you know, that's due to a lot of our Cuban uh, our, our, our amazing Cuban and Americans who in Venezuelan who, who fled, yeah. you know what Democrats are trying to uh, enact here. So, um, you know, we there, there's a lot of you, you're right that there's a massive earthquake, a, a political realignment. Trump is building a coalition that you know someone like Obama can only dream of, and um, you know I think America will be better off for it. But I, but I I will say I think the solution to what you brought up about younger people having a favorable impression of socialism. You know, the, the, the problem is it's obviously our professors and teachers. A lot of these professors, yeah. I, you know, spent seven years in the, you know, between college and law school. A lot of these professors have never worked right. in the real world. They, they just study. And if you look at the intellectual demographics, uh, over 90% identify as, as leftists. Uh, how how's that for diversity? That's <laughs> no that's diversity. Lack of diversity. That's yeah. diversity on one of the you know least important characteristics, which is just the color of your skin, not not you know the content of your character. There's a pretty famous person, I think, that yeah. you know pushed that theory that a lot of people seem to forget these days. But I think one of my favorite policies of President Trump's second term is injecting patriotic education mm-hmm. into our schools. It's long past due that we fight where where the root of the problem is, and it's our schools, it's our teachers and professors that are, are replacing education with indoctrination, and it's on all of us, everyone listening. You have to speak up. When you hear your student or, 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 or your child talking uh, about some type of, you know, leftist, uh, political stuff going on in the school, you got to step up and, and make some noise about it and, and make sure that that doesn't happen. 
Yeah, and parents need to be watching. The, the, the irony of the situation with the kids being home is that parents are now watching what their students are learning or not, you know, learning. And I put it air quotes. So um, hopefully that would be an awakening for them and they will start fighting back, as you say, because, yeah. it, we, you know, I always say complacency is the enemy of liberty. And we have been complacent, especially on the right. We have let them, Candace talks about this all the time. We have let them overtake the culture. So that has to fight back. Thankfully, we have, you know, a figurehead who's such a baller that I think we're in a good position to really change it for the long term. At the very least, triage and then hold it off the ledge till we can turn the ship around, you know, with Trump. I love him. Absolutely. It is crucial that he gets another yes. four years, which I do think he is going to get. Get out and vote, everybody. Don't sit on your butt. But uh, it's crucial that he gets another four years to really let the yep. seeds he's planted start to, to, to take root and, and, and grow strong and to also cultivate the next generation of MAGA leadership. Yes. Uh, you know, we have a lot of great promising leaders out there. But we need a hundred times that number if we're really going to make a difference. Because we don't have billionaires funding us. We don't have the media to cover up our laptop scandals and, and right. you know blatantly racist statements. We have to fight in a very asymmetrical way, especially on social media. And frankly, we really need free speech protections on social media because if we lose social media, we are not going to be able to do this. Well. We could go on for another hour. Definitely have you back because you're very popular. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Brooke. I had a great time and love what you do. Big fan. God bless. Take care. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim on Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer in Tampa. And we will be right back. More Brooke Talks America coming up. If it wasn't for Democrats saying that everything is unfair, Democrats would be a silent minority. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, ever since Democrats have been prevented from physically abusing black Americans by lynchings, rapings, burning black-owned homes, businesses, and churches via the Ku Klux Klan, Democrats switched to the rallying cry of unfair, unfair health care system, unfair education, unfair economy, Everything is just plain unfair, according to Democrats. Of course, their solution is to avoid any real solutions. Instead, Democrats seek to use their yelping claim of unfair everywhere to simply pit groups of Americans against one another and utilize the politics of division to accomplish the Democrats' goal of literally destroying our exceptional nation way of life. Let's not forget, it was the racist Democrat Margaret Sanger who convinced black Americans that because life was unfair... They should simply abort their babies. Mm. Today, Democrats' solution to unfairness is overregulation, higher taxes, to ironically redistribute it from the productive to the idle. No matter what changes may occur, Democrats remain the same. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. 
Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. So, Colonel Jim, what do you think about that debate? That was something, huh? Yeah, that was, you know, that was Trump in his real form. And uh, it was Joe Biden trying not to say anything and hide. And, you know, he didn't want to be there. Uh, That became pretty apparent as you watched the debate where he kept checking his watch. And Trump was ready to pounce and seize uh, at the slightest movement by Joe Biden. And he basically, uh, as he got through the debate, realized there was an opportunity for him to take advantage. And we all know Donald Trump likes to jump in and say what's on his mind. And he did that. And he really caused Joe Biden to uh, essentially lose his stance uh for whatever that was, and start rambling about some ridiculous kind of things. And I think that pretty much uh, set the tone for the debate and and people realized, at least those who uh, support Trump, and maybe some who weren't so keen on Trump realized at the end that uh, Trump was the guy that they need to vote for. One of the things uh, that happened is that the number one search on Twitter was, can I change my vote? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, people really saw that. And I think it's becoming apparent, particularly with the uh, Hunter Biden connection with China. And, I mean, we'll be talking about that a lot over the next few weeks because that's going to have a a major impact, I think, on on the election and going uh, into the next uh, election cycle. Well, and one of the things, you know, that letting Biden talk just basically exposed him. And Trump said this as a career politician. It harkens back to what Christie did to Rubio, where he goes, well, see, look at him again. Look at him again. And then and he really does answer things in a very politician type of way. But one of the things that they said about the suburban women is that Trump's temperament at this debate kind of gave them a little bit of comfort i don't know why you're such special snowflakes ladies just buck up and understand we're in a fight to save the country but still whatever works right yeah exactly and because of that um it's pretty apparent that joe biden is hoping that he can kind of limp across the electoral finish line um but i think that's changing uh, we're seeing an increased number uh, in the early voting polls showing that uh, Trump is a lead, in the lead. Uh, the Democrat strategy seemed to be, and we're not 100% sure on it, to get out there with the early vote, with the mail-in ballots, and get them in and, and get that, build up that uh, momentum, and then help you know Biden get across the finish line. And I think that's changing now. And particularly uh, with the situation with Hunter Biden, the the evidence is so overwhelming and more and more is coming out every day. And Joe has remained pretty much silent about it. He's not admitting anything. He's not saying anything. He's saying it's not true. He's saying it's not true and he's denying it. And I guarantee you every day that goes by that he denies it, more and more is going to come out and it's going to be people are going to realize um, it's true. And he's done. I mean, I mean, this is the timing couldn't have been better from the standpoint of all the things we've seen over the last four years uh, for this to come out. But, you know, there's indications now that this has been going on a long time. I read some information this morning that showed it go to all go, it went all the way back to 2005. So there's going to be a lot coming out on that in the in the coming days. One of the things that's the the question is, is whether it's too, you know, too late with early voting for it to matter 
with regard to the vote, the the media did not cover the Bobolinsky press conference. And and I'm glad you brought that up. That's the other big thing. When you read his statements and his testimony and get into even more in depth about what he was talking about uh, and what he's been dealing with, you know, uh, there's a there's a few terms you can use. Uh, if you remember the movie back in the 80s called War Dogs, where a person was involved in an insurgency and he got cut out and didn't get paid and he went public against it, what was going on. This is the same thing uh, that happened to Bobolinsky. He was war dogged by Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden cut him out and now he's angry because, of course, payback time. Payback time. And he right. that's the reason he came out and said this and revealed. And he was a lifelong Democrat, yep. never voted Republican. And it's it just goes to show uh, when the Democrats do this and they get caught, the uh, the reaction can be devastating to them. Hopefully so. One of the things that I absolutely love, love, love that Trump did this week is he played videos from of Biden because Biden denied the fracking thing and he he denied Social Security, the wanting to cut it. So Trump played at his rally in Erie about the fracking ban, all of the uh, the back and forth between him and Kamala, the flip flopping a.k.a. lying. And then in the villages yesterday, he played video where he said he wanted to cut Social Security. Trump is like such he's so smart in that way. Whoever's advising him, and I'm sure it's probably him, too. That's one of the things that's great. The other thing, and I wish he had said the quote about, you know, I wasn't the one I was hoping he would do this. I wasn't the one, Joe, who said, if you ain't if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. But one of the the interesting byproducts of the debate and also before the debate with the stuff, you know, I talked about Rogan with Rogan about is the black voter support, black males is he's gaining major increases in black motor veils. We have a, a male voters. We have a couple seconds address that. Well, exactly. I mean, Joe Biden is turning out to be the gift that keeps on giving with the comments that he makes and the things he talks about and it's it's ripe for Donald Trump, as you said, who is a strategic genius to put this stuff into play. And he's doing that. And there's going to be more, you know, and I think the big biggest one, as you mentioned, was the fracking. I mean, we went through this with Hillary Clinton and and the coal miners back in yes. 2016. Well, guess what? It's it's going to be over with the fracking for those Democrats whose lives depend on that in the states that that do that hopefully that's the case you're listening to brook talks america i'm your host brooke says here with colonel jim and we will be right back more brook talks america coming up Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brooke Talks. And now your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. So very quickly, we have uh, Senator Can- Senate candidate Mark Kelly in Arizona, who was their pictures have come out about him dressed as Hitler. 
There's problem with this is that there's massive early voting that has already taken place there. And as you know, Ralph Northam is the governor of Virginia. So they don't seem to care about this stuff. But, Jim, uh, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Very quickly, we have about a minute and a half left. What are your uh, thoughts and predictions and everything about the upcoming races in Florida? Well, um, voting is going very good in Florida. It appears uh, as of last night, Trump was up by about three percentage points. I personally think it's probably higher than that. And as we all know, and as a lot of people have been saying, and as Donald Trump said uh, last night, I like to vote in person. I like to go out and do that. And I think, you know, people are so loyal to Trump, his supporters, that they want to do the same thing. So either they're going to go out and early vote in person and or they're going to go out on Election Day. And I know a lot of people like you like to go out on Election Day because it's that traditional thing behind it. I think that is going to be the telltale for this. And I think that's going to be why he is going to win overwhelmingly. Well, we certainly hope that that's the case um, because he has to win Florida and he has to really win overwhelmingly. It can't be close like it was last time. So you need to go out and vote. If you're listening to this and you're really I'm actually thinking about going early because I'm a little nervous, you know, just in case something happens. You don't want to ever and go out and volunteer at the polls. Get out there. Sign wave. Do something. Everybody needs. We have 10 days left. Everybody needs to do something. Make calls for WinRed, whatever the case may be. Jim, we need like three more hours, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes so fast like the snap of a finger. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim on Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer in Tampa. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer. Yeah.